What's up, everybody? This week, I'm joined by Greg Gregory as we sit down and talk about the game that launched a thousand clutched pearls, Grand Theft Auto. That and a whole lot more is to come, because maybe, who hasn't wanted to mow down a Harry Krishna conga line in a VW van? Welcome to the show. I mean, who hasn't wanted to mow down a conga line or two, right? You know, it's just the same as mowing down a bus queue, isn't it? Uh, hi, everybody. Hope everybody is doing well. Welcome to episode four of season five, Chinese Democracy, right here on the Because Maybe Network. This is the 90s podcast. This is John, John by Greg. Greg, how are you, man? Hey, doing good. Good to be back. I, uh, whew, yeah, so it's, it's, uh, it's going to be a weird show this week. Um, we're going to be talking about Grand Theft Auto, the, uh, the video game that started the violence, I guess you could say. Yeah, that's, uh, no, there were no, um, acts of violence until Grand Theft Auto came out. Yeah, I mean, Fact. it's, it's, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's on TV. It must be true. Uh. Uh, <laughs> and I know it sounds like we're making light of everything like that, but again, you know, just, um, I remember the the Tom Petty uh, tribute that I did. Um, at one of the first episodes that we did was the same day that it had the Las Vegas shooting. You know, and um, like I said in there, and I'm going to say it again, there are many, many people who are smarter than me and more knowledgeable than me who can spend hours and hours talking about that. But my thoughts, for what it's worth, are with everybody who has you know been affected the last two weeks. Yeah, of and going uh, on. I mean, here's the hoping that we take actual steps to make it better uh, i hope so i hope i hope so too because you i know. think we can all agree on that that um you know if we if you just kind of come to some you know just we can agree that there's a problem and there needs to be something done to fix it you know and i'm hoping that we'll get there one day soon maybe not today but you know just just stay stay optimistic and just hope that we can figure it out one day yeah, so that's uh, that's the end of the depressing portion of the podcast. I don't want to you know I don't want to dwell too much on that because um, because we are here to to entertain and everything like that. So um, well, it's relevant though because we're talking yeah. about a very violent video game. Yeah, it is. It is, and, so. and I think you know th- this is uh, this was the first one that 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 did that. But we'll get into that here in uh, just a few moments. Um, so this this weekend, as time we're recording. Um, Soccer came back on, football for the folks back home, which I, I completely agree with. And uh, didn't the American rugby kick off this weekend? Uh, oh, is that next weekend, as pre- of time of recording? Preseason started two weeks ago. They had the Hall of Fame game, and that's kind of like the the fifth uh, hall, the fifth preseason game. Um, they do like a Hall of Fame enshrinement. So technically the season started, but it hasn't because, you know, all preseason games are meaningless. But yeah, yeah. it has, but it hasn't. I don't get real excited until week one when the games start counting. But yeah, football's back, so sweet. It is. It is sports season, and um, you know, over here I had a friend of mine ask me uh, which because uh, his son wants to wants to play soccer, right? Wants to play football. Yeah. And uh, he he sent me a message. He said, "Look, I don't know. You know, he wants to get into it. Who who does he need to support?" I was thinking Liverpool FC, and uh, I know Luke. Luke Allen is going to have one or two words about saying this, but uh, I said, you can't do them. They're the Dallas Cowboys. He said, oh, well, never mind then. I'll... Uh... <laughs> uh, yeah, this is never... I mean, I think everybody's go-to, like, for that that league is usually, uh, what, Manchester? Isn't that kind of like the, the go-to? Yeah. It's Man City these days. Yeah, that's that's one's always hear of, and, I, and whenever I see a jersey, normally if it's not um, for, like, uh, Mexico or a South American country... Uh, which, which, by the way, I've spent some time down there. Huge, 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 huge sport down there. Oh yeah, absolutely massive. It's, and and it makes sense too because it's one of those games, man. If you've got a patch of grass or a field, 
you and can a just ball play it. and a trash can. But oh, you yeah. got a game. I mean, the, a couple rocks. I mean, you don't even need that. You yeah, know? The, the old cliche in uh, Britain is uh, jumpers for goalposts, which is uh, over here we call sweaters for goalposts. I guess you'd right. say. You know, um, we, I remember we'd always do it. It was always um, we had a tree as one post, and then all of our backpacks as the other post. Yeah, we we did very uh, like uh, versions of that with different games and. Like, um, we used to make up our own games and oh, stuff yeah. when we were kids with, with different balls and stuff. It was a lot of fun, so. Uh, my favorite game was Arse. It's the okay, it's the equivalent of Horse. Right. But, um, basically it was a, f it was an up to seven, best, it was basically a best out of seven, right? Attackers v. Defenders. Okay. If, um, the attackers scored four goals, you ha you basically, everybody got to kick the ball as hard as they could at the goalkeeper. Oh. If the goalkeeper made four saves or there was four misses, the goalkeeper got to kick the ball at whoever was the was the arse, basically. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I think that that that's triggering uh, memory <laughs> of a game kind of similar to that. I think it was wall ball. Oh yeah. Real similar to that, where you like get the line up and they get throw it at you, and if they miss, you get to throw it at them, and yeah. Those are those are always interesting. Yeah. <laughs> now, one of the things I've noticed on social media the last couple of days is um, Tool. Yeah. I'm I'm not a big Tool fan. Right. I'll, I'll be completely honest. Sure. But um, I guess for, for for people who are interested, why is their new album like a huge deal? I know it's been something like twelve years since they released one or something. Yeah. Like that. Um. It, yeah. It, it's mostly a time thing because it's been. I think it was two uh, two thousand six when they released their last album. Um, and so I think it's a lot of it's the anticipation, um, and then they they drop that single and it's a very heady, very ambitious single, and I think it um, turned a lot of casual listeners off. But at the same time, because since they put everything on streaming now, it actually rejuvenated their library, and now um, the actually their new single is the longest song to ever be on the Billboard Top 100. Wow. It's How long is it? 10 minutes and 19 seconds, something like that. Huh. So that's kind of that's kind of cool. A lot of, yeah. I think, yeah, most of it's just anticipation. I mean, I've been a huge Tool fan since, since like, Opiate, and the well, I found a tape of it when I was, I was too young to be listening. I was probably 10 or 11. Um, just, it was just really angry and just really, you know, chaotic, but M Maynard was, like, the eye of the storm, the singer. You know, he kind of just... He, he knew how to guide the emotion of the track to, to, like, really say something but not just be screaming his head off the entire time. You know, it really... So it's kind of... It's just been cool watching them develop over the years. And then there was just so much, like, did they break up? What's going on? What's taking so long? And then they were teasing stuff about the album, like, two years ago. And then something happened, and they restarted it. Like, they stopped, the, stopped recording, and they redid everything. So, yeah, it's just been just lot of anticipation so i think uh in august 30th that's going to be that's going to be really huge when that when that comes out do you think what you've listened to so far from it is the anticipation has been worth it or is it going to be like a do you think it might be a bait and switch or or do you hope the anticipation is going to be worth it i should say um i mean i i think it's going to be cool no matter what just because it's tool but um i mean i think uh, i think people are kind of overhyping it like they're disappointing themselves because yeah. they're not just like sitting back and just waiting for it they're building it up so big and then they get it and they've like already d overdone it in their own mind it's already a failure before they even 
can really even sink it in. You they know? a Chinese democracy. And those and those sort of, that kind of music it, it it takes time to digest. You can't just decide, oh, that song sucks. Like you got to you especially with Tool, it's multi-layered. There's a lot of stuff going on. You got to really listen to it. So, you got to give it some time. And uh, talking of good, good music, right? Um, I know you guys have had a lot of stuff going on, but you've also got another project that you guys have been work- that you've been working on um, in particular. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's just kind of a collaboration with some other um, uh, local musicians of all of noteworthy, um, you know, status. I might add, uh, it's a group that was hand hand put together, handpicked by uh, Rich Kellum uh, of Moulin, the Moulin Dudes fame. He uh, he got uh, he tapped me, um, and uh, uh, Chris Stewart from Trepid, and this guy Stephen Russell that played for um, Fights slash the infamous Jaguar Shark. So it's pretty cool. Um, and then also um, you know the Holodecks are steadily doing their thing, and on today um, on the airing of this we can actually go ahead and announce our um we're going to be back at celebrity lounge at el dorado casino on a friday night we've had so many requests and just demands for this to happen and we're we're super super excited about it so definitely would love to see everyone come out to that one it's super comfortable great service you know big tv screens everywhere you can see the band and you know in style so you definitely come check that out and that will be on uh, September 6th? Uh, that's September 27th. That's actually a... Uh, yeah, it's a good ways away, but plenty of time to make your plans, get your babysitter, et cetera, et cetera. It's going to be it's gonna be a really, really good one. It's going to be in downtown Shreveport at El Dorado Casino in the... Um, in the lounge area when you walk in you you won't be able to miss it sweet and uh, you know i know we talk we, we talk about this a lot and i've i've, I've mentioned it before but i mean uh, this is going to be slightly ranty so i apologize in advance but i mean you know guys check out i mean i know we're talking right now uh northwest louisiana uh the arclitex area um you know t- texas louisiana mississippi florida uh, bands and stuff like that but I mean if you guys are not in any of our area of the world and can't catch us that's fine but go out there support your local music scene I mean there are many many talented musicians out there talented singers talented players some really really great bands some really really good people um, you know no matter what band you have there's going to be fans and fans out there of it you know even new bands have fans you know st- straight off the bat so you know if, if you guys can't make any anything that we've talked about right here go check your local area out and you know i guarantee you'll have some fun and you know yeah it's yeah you can, and not only that but um it's a chance to meet other like-minded people if you go to a show yeah that's a style that you like you know it's like hey this is you know hey, it's this really cool ska show that's playing at this bar that i like go to that and you know you'll see people that you know are your kind of people and you know it gives you a chance to kind of build networks and meet new friends and you know just enjoy life a little bit more with people that are into what you're into it's always cool i mean and, the, and like i said the reason i bring this up is not just because you know i'm I, you and i are friends and you know i've got other friends back home who are who are musicians and stuff like that but i mean I've noticed over the last couple of years that the highly professional stuff in any genre or any form of art should we say it's always better looking at the quote-unquote amateurs or semi-pros as opposed to, you know, the, 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 the manufactured stuff. I mean, you look at sports, acting, books, art, 
art, you know, music especially. You know, there's a lot of good local stuff out there, and they they'll need your support. So, you know, er- everything's good to go. So, uh, aside from that rant, guys, if you guys are on social media. Um, we're going to go ahead and we're going to talk about what's coming up on the uh, network later on in the show. But in the meantime, if you're on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, uh, look up Because Maybe Network or on Twitter underscore Because Maybe. If you're on YouTube, go to bit.ly slash bmnetwork-youtube because uh, I still don't have that custom link yet. And um, guys, if you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Podbean, you, you, you know where we are. We're also trying to get on uh, Pandora as of time of recording. Um, I don't know the process for that. I only just found out today that they actually did podcasts. So you know um i just want to answer one question that i was asked uh, last week as well um why aren't we on soundcloud um soundcloud is a good service for musicians yeah for like djs right musicians and djs and they do have a good free podcast posting unfortunately their limitations for the free account that they have are, well, limited. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and there's already money going into production software and other things. Yeah, that and I mean, be better used. Yeah, and I mean, with, with all due respect to the, to the to the other providers out there, I found that Podbean is the best host, and this is not a plug for Podbean or anything like that. But um, compared the two of them, and SoundCloud just doesn't offer what we need, so we're not going to be on SoundCloud. I do like Podbean, and uh, and uh, I'm not you know paid by them in any way or been asked to say this, but. I'll say this. Um, I like how it integrates with my car. Yeah. I can uh, bring it up on my CarPlay and just listen to Because Maybe whenever I want to. There you go. And so see, that, that's kind of tight. And so. see, like I said, I'm, 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 I'm not a fan of Podbean. I give them money every month to make sure that we can keep the lights on with this thing. But so, they do um, a good job. They, I mean, it's, the app is really easy to use. So if you're, if you're going other ways and it works, cool. But if you're looking for something like all-in-one for all your podcast needs, uh, definitely Podbean. That's the way to go. And I'm also still looking at this new, the, I say new, but the newer Google uh, podcasts because we tried for months and months to get on with Google Play and they just wouldn't accept our feed. Not in the sense of we were doing anything bad, but they just, for some reason, our feed kept getting rejected. So, um, okay, that's weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I have a phone number right now for Google, which is which is awesome <laughs> for technical support. For yeah, it. wow. And they couldn't even fix it. So I'm going to try the new Google podcast and hope it's a different thing. And we might be on there soon enough. So, cool. with all the rambling aside, let's get in to why we're all here today and let's talk about GTA Chicago Review Corner for gamers Alright, so here we go for Grand Theft Auto. Now, before we go in, yes, guys, there isn't a sponsor this week. I know. Um, basically, those things are supposed to be comedy, and I'm not a great comedy writer, and I think I extinguished my well uh, with those two that I did at the beginning of the season. So, um, it's a Lord Dimension Returns. Um, so, anyway, sorry, here we are. Uh, Grand Theft Auto. Considered one of the greatest game series in the history of video games. That's a fair statement? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely one of the overalls of franchise. i definitely think it's one of the most selling of all time oh yeah as well it's it's definitely which is even weird because th- th- this game didn't sell a million copies yeah well i mean it was it was largely unknown um you know it's kind of a um kind of a pet project from from what i could gather in the beginning oh yeah and then it turned into hey you know we might actually have something here because it was really fun it it was a good it was a good game it was it was very very revolutionary for its time it was the idea of um like having 
you know, no load screens, everything's there. You just yep. go where you, you know, the, it was really the one of the first open world, true open world games. I mean, it had some limitations because you were limited by what was going on in the mission or what your job was, etc. But at the same time, you could literally go anywhere and answer any phone and get, you know, get a mission. I mean, it was Windows 98. I mean, you know, yeah. that wasn't known for its... Um yeah still it, it was a really good game though it's, I mean. a, it's a dang good game and you know there, there's a lot of a lot of things that went into it which we'll get here in a minute so for those new who don't know grand theft auto is officially classed as an action adventure game i, I mean i don't think they could have called it anything else because there wasn't such things as a crime genre back then yeah i mean i guess i mean yeah that's that's fair i would call it more of like a like a simulation type game yeah because the thing, the thing that the barrier that it crossed that I, I think is important to talk about that I don't think any other game had really done up to that point. Because okay, all the games that had a lot of violence in them, they were all you know shrouded in mythology or fantasy. Yeah. Or you know, it was the Legend of Zelda. It was Contra. It was monster. It was monsters. You're fighting aliens on a on a fictitious planet. Yeah. And when you're you know these guys are. Walking around shirtless, you know, shooting lasers. With a cigar hanging up the mouth. You know, yeah, exactly. So it's like there is some suspension of disbelief on that. But with this, I mean, even though it wasn't like top-notch graphics like today, it, there was still a sense of realism. Like, it was human know, v. human. Yeah, I mean, there was, there was mailboxes and, you know, old ladies crossing the street and Harry Krishna conga lines. And <laughs> <laughs> it's just great, you know, stuff stuff that you would probably see in real life. So... I think that's why there's there's so many people that are so quick to blame that for a lot of the problems, and it, it's it's it was the first thing that tipped its hat to like actual real life realism. But that's what made it fun to play. So yeah, kind of two things going on there. It was the first sports simulator, first non sports simulator, I should say, excuse me, that used human v human. It was gritty. It was you know it it was I don't say real life, but I mean you know it was it, it, yeah. It, it, like you said, it wasn't, you know, the only other type of games were, like, war games yeah. that, that were human v. human, and maybe, you know, fighting games. But even the fighting games had fantasy. I mean, look at Street Fighter. Yeah, they, exactly. There's you know. the moves and stuff. I mean, yeah, obviously, you know, you can't, you know, just yell something and have fire shoot out of your hands. Trust me, I've tried. Yeah, me too. Uh, who hasn't? Uh. Uh, <laughs> uh, although I did, um, I did, uh eat too much curry one time and <laughs> successfully perform the yoga fire. So, you know. Vindaloo. Um, <laughs> yoga flame! Yes. Oh. Oh, it, it, yeah, there's... That, 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 you can always tell the mark of a good uh, Indian restaurant is when they put the toilet paper in the fridge. That's how you Oh, know. yeah. Yeah. So was, it, uh, was it Billy Codley? He said uh, Johnny Cash wrote a song about curry. He was called Ring of Fire. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, um, Grand Theft Auto was... Now, now I want to... The studio that originally developed Grand Theft Auto, okay, was... Uh, it's been bought up by Rockstar since then, and it's now called Rockstar Europe or Rockstar East or something like that. But it was DMA Design. At the time, DMA Design's biggest hit was Lemmings. That was also, um, in the correct context, depending on how you played it, also a violent game. Oh, yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. you could you could cause people to die. I mean, basically, you're ordering them to do it. Therefore, that's murder. Therefore, that's violence. So, I mean, you know, but once again, fake little cartoon dudes. Yeah. You know, eh, whatever. You know, but you know, it, oh wow, that that uh, those pixels look like a person. Uh oh. 
And guys, if you, <laughs> right? And if if you're interested in our lemons walkthrough, we actually done it on the uh, because maybe gamer. So you want to go ahead and our YouTube channel check it out. I do the first thirty levels and I pull my hair out the entire time because I was doing them at six o'clock in the morning. And because uh, I mean, you, you know as well as I do, it's uh, oh yeah, six o'clock in the morning is best time to do something creative because everybody's asleep and nobody's mowing their yard, which is Louisiana in a nutshell, you know. Yeah. Like, how many times have I been woken up at 7 o'clock in the morning and somebody's mowing the yard? Yeah, that's uh, that's why I don't live in apartments anymore, because I, I used to work nights as a chef, and I would get home at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning, and then four hours later, when I hit my rim cycle, oh, man. So, the game's available on uh, DOS, uh, Windows 98, like I mentioned, and uh, the original PlayStation. We are DOS, as we would say that in America. Uh, DOS. Did they say DOS? And is that Both a, are acceptable thing? in the UK. Okay, I was a wasn't 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 making fun of you. Just oh no no no! More, we're we're constantly going to be trying to bridge the gap culturally because uh, I've said it before and I'll say it again. John are about this and I are about the same age, but yeah. we grew up in two completely different continents. So therefore, our exposure to popular culture and music and stuff, while we so there were things that were similar, there was also things that intersected and yeah. the things the things that didn't sometimes I'll have to, you know, it's, ask it's, something about. But yeah, it's anyway. it's fascinating. Um it is fascinating to, you know I mean I've got an episode planned later on in the season that talks about your typical weekend in the nineties from both sides of the pond. So oh, that's nice. gonna be that's gonna be something fun that I that I wanna do. It's just that's cool. you know yeah. because I mean I, you know, we, we had our own th- I feel to have Saturday nights went over here, and I could, you know, I could talk for hours about how they go on there. So uh, this nice. game was released in 1997 and 1998, and so less than or around a million copies worldwide. Um, it was a bit of an underground sensation, a bit of a cult classic, and believe it or not, its critical rating didn't break 70%. 7 out of 10. It was 67... Uh, an aggregate, ag- aggregate view of all the major um, video game reviewers at the time put the game at 67.3 percent i think that's actually fair for the time because like even though like it, it's groundbreaking um i think th- i think there was some errors in it there was some oh yeah s- some stuff that wasn't perfect and um you know i think they um they did their best especially the biggest thing i think was the camera yeah that's probably what took it down the most plus you had some other good stuff that came out Right around that time, um, Le- the Leisure Suit Larry franchise, <laughs> I believe Leisure Suit Larry 7 came out yeah. that year, and they were, like, doing 32-bit color. Yeah. And so, I mean, games were not doing that yet. No. So. And, and you know, um, even PlayStation had a lot, lot better games going out. They had the Oddworld series coming out around about that time, yeah. which I, I still think to this day is, is one of my favorite game series. And the PS2 was right around the corner. It was yeah. only a year or two away. I mean, Nintendo, the, the, their stuff didn't look too great, so it kind of looked okay going up against, say, Nintendo and Sega Saturn. If it, um, if it weren't for the content and the, the originality of the idea, I think that number would be far lower. Yeah, definitely. I think that's what saves it. Because, I mean, if you looked at it, at, at like from a school standpoint, that's that's almost an F. Uh, uh, at the school I went to, F is sixty six or below. So it, it it's yeah. a, it's a D minus game. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of being nice too. But I, I mean, mean, the thing is though, right? Um, DMA design based out of Dundee in Scotland. So this is a British made game for a start, which is which blew my mind. I didn't realize it was a British game. I thought it was some indie developer in um you know in one of the main cities in the united states yeah it sounds like a uh, game that would be made in america um but it was made in dundee scotland uh dundee oh my word 
Give me six. Um, no, I just... <laughs> um, there's a British comedian called uh, Frankie Boyle who, um, who said, you know, we have to respect everybody's customs when we go to strange places. On the left, you'll see a woman being burned at the stake. And at the right, you'll see Dundee Town Hall. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry for all my Dundee folks. I'm sure it's better to live than Aberdeen. Um, and if you're in Aberdeen, just replace Aberdeen for Dundee. We'd be good. Uh, <laughs> so the game was originally conceived as a game called Race and Chase. Uh, it was basically cops and robbers. Right? You have just simple cops and robbers. Right. And the idea it was, right, they modeled it after Pac-Man. Right? So you had to run over something and then get chased, which kind of explains the overhead view and the blocks, you know, how everything was, was, was block shape. Yeah. Um, the game Elite, which I never played, was also cited as an influence as, as to what it become. I'm not familiar with that one either. I'll no. have to look that one up. I might have to look it up. But um, as they were testing through, um, the cops had a glitch, and they try and run you off the road. And so the testers kind of gravitated towards being the robbers and seeing if they could outrun the cops, you know, and see if they could dodge being off the road. Because again, this was this was a glitch. This wasn't supposed to happen. And more you know, more and more testing went through and in the end everybody nobody wanted to be the cops. Nobody wanted to 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 try and stop everything. And it was more fun being the robbers. Um Gary Penn, who's the creative director of DMA, said, and I quote, The game was cops and robbers, and then evolved fairly quickly. Nobody wants to be the cop. It's more fun to be bad. And then that evolved into Grand Theft Auto. So instead of it being you run over something and get chased by the police, they decided to, to change it to, to have missions. So instead of running over something, you do a mission, and then that would get the police to you, and and then, bang, you've got it. And I mean, at the time, you know, there was a lot of car games coming out. Yeah. Uh, there was Street Racer. RC Pro-Am. Micro Machines. Yeah, there's, a, uh, yeah, there's that uh, arcade off-road game. Yeah. They Every- got ported in Super NES. How many different Formula 1, NASCAR, Gran Turismo type games? Need for so- Speed was starting right around that time, too, I believe. Uh, so. um, Metal yeah. Gear Solid? No? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, you know, it's it's... I think the game... Uh, Race and Chase wouldn't have even been released, I don't think, because of the saturation of the market of vehicle-based games. Well, they had, yeah, and not only that, but they had something completely original that was, like, car-based, but it, it was a little bit deeper than that. Yeah, I mean... But you could tell that that's what they were going for, because you have to run over those item blocks, yeah. and you can put things in your car, which I might add, you cannot do later on. No. That's something that got taken out yeah, they uh, had by to Grand Theft Auto 3, I believe. But, um... DMA carried on working, and like their financier, uh, the the production company, because they were the developer, but the uh, Take Two didn't want any part of it, from from what I understand. Right. And which is ironic, because Take Two became Rockstar. Oh, let me rephrase that. Take Two is now the company that that you know we know the company as. Right. Right. They didn't want to do it, and after several false starts, the game was finally released in 1997. And I mean, they started work on it in 1994, which for a game in that time period was a long time. Yeah, that yeah, definitely was. There was a lot of changes going on. Uh, you know, uh, computer technology was moving yeah. really fast, so I'm sure that they had to struggle to keep up with you know all the stuff that was changing. And then you know, obviously there was some setbacks and stuff that you know as well. So 
Yeah, I mean, like I mentioned Oddworld earlier. Oddworld, the second installment, uh, Abe's Exodus, um, was three times bigger than the original and took half the time to develop. And the original only took 15 months to develop. Well, that was Nintendo, too, and they... No, that was Sony. Was that Sony? Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, if it was anyone other than them, you know, like Nintendo or Sega, they obviously know what the hell they're doing. They've oh, yeah. They've been doing it a while, so... And, and you know, it was... It, it, so, like, a game taking more than a few months to develop at that time. I mean, like, you know, we've joked about it before. Skyrim probably... That's Skyrim. Elder Scrolls Six probably won't be up for another four years, five years... Dude, I, I you know they were saying 2020, and we, there's we've got a trailer and a soundtrack. So I mean, I mean it's it's further along than what people think. I'm hoping next year, well, you know, Starfield's got to come up first. They got to release Starfield first. I'm just, well, all I know is it's 2019, and I'm still playing Skyrim. Oh yes, same here. I was I was I was playing it before uh, before I came out here to record. But I was waiting for you to get here. Yeah, I'm, what do you think I'm gonna do when I get home? Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> uh, level level 34, Wood Elf. Anyway, uh, nice. But, um, so basically what is Grand Theft Auto? Grand Theft Auto is basically, the plot of the game is, the cities of Vice City, San Andreas, and Liberty City are rampant with crime and corruption. You are a member of many undisclosed syndicates, not undercover syndicates, undisclosed syndicates, who run errands for the mob bosses, committing violence, murder, assault, destruction, and of course, Grand Theft Auto. And, uh, other stuff too, man, um... And some of the later ones, you could, it gets even deeper, where you oh, can yeah. like rug, run like drug rings and prostitution rings and all kind of yeah. And, and I think you know, I mean, every game, every game series develops right naturally, it gets grander and grander and grander, obviously based on the type of world that it is, you sure. know. And um, it's really, really weird because like, okay, soccer games they've developed deep, 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 deep. Now you have agent negotiations and stuff like that. Um, the, the 2K games, you know, you have career mode and stuff like that. Even the farming games that are coming out there, like, are going deeper and deeper and deeper. Goat Simulator. Yeah, oh, Goat Simulator, man. What a game. Uh, <laughs> I've never played it. I, I that's. I've watched some of it. I've never played it either, but I, yeah, I've heard. I've drawn the line at farm. I'm not going to go any deeper. Yeah, that seems pretty out there for me. And the only reason I, the only, I'll, I'll go here. The only reason I played the farming one is because I watched a couple of YouTube videos one day. I was bored of... um one of the one of my youtube channels that i follow started playing it it's like okay this is a nice relaxing little you know it's a tom sink though it's a tom sink so uh totally, <laughs> anyway yeah, totally so back to grand theft auto which is the reason why brawling <laughs> 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 this is going to be the episode of distractions guys i just I, I apologize right now but um the game is set up right like a grid like an overhead view like we mentioned it was based off of like pac-man right but you can only see part of the building that inhabit the world because you know they cast the shadows correctly, I guess, but they didn't want to put it, you know, you over the top of the building. So, like, they've only got maybe the first three floors. Yeah, there's a little, like, um, it's a bird's eye view, but there's, like, a little perspective, like, yeah. shift to it. So, it's not quite straight up and down. So, it, it's, you know, it's set up like a proper city. You've got your crosswalks, your, your uh, sidewalks, regular city street, traffic, Harry Krishna conga lines, you know, right. it's, 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 it's really, really good. It's a third person view, obviously, and it's the only view that you get. Um, I don't know if this, cause I haven't played Grand Theft Auto, the, the GTA four since GTA four onwards, right? I played GTA three, but nothing beyond that. Um, you have to get a specific number of points or cash, uh, which are equated in this. And you only have five lives to do it. Now, in later installments, do you have, like, an unlimited life system after you get wasted? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's kind of like a waypoint 
type thing where you where you die you go well a couple things happen um it depends on how you die or you can either die less in your health bar goes down all the way down that happens you are, you appear at a hospital leaving a hospital and they take a, a portion of your money and send you on your way okay uh but if you get arrested you end up um at the police station they confiscate all your weapons and then you pay a fine which is much higher than the hospital bill and so and and but you can do that infinitely yeah in theory yeah even if you run out of money if you get arrested they'll just they'll just kick you out and it'll, and it'll say zero minus zero okay I got so you. yeah and, and also you can always reload a save so there's kind of kind of it's exactly it's basically the same rules as skyrim okay because like i said can you imagine doing skyrim in five lives uh i know people that do um i do a no, I would, to answer your question bluntly, no, not at all. But I hear of people that do like a one life run, where if they die, they delete the character and they start over. I've I've done that a couple of times. Dude, that sounds brutal. I don't know if I could do that. The first one I did, um, I got to like level thirty five, huh. and I got killed by a dragon. Fine, fair enough. Yeah. But the second one I did, which is why I haven't done another one, um, I went, I got out of Helgen. I ran to Annis's cabin, raided her basement, got out, went to jump in the falls, mistimed my jump, and splat it on the floor. Oh, okay. So Level one. Mud, <laughs> mud crab or, uh, yeah, you know, ice wraith. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, the missions in this game are delivered by uh, payphones. Yeah. And or that, yeah. you can hijack cars. Yeah, I forgot about that, but yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's totally a thing. And for for the people who don't understand what that means, um, children, let me explain. Before everybody carried a supercomputer in their pocket, on every street corner there was a telephone that you used to put 25 cents into. And with that, you could call anybody for about 30 seconds. And that's how they managed the game. I think they had uh, beepers too. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if that was in the later levels or like in the part two, but yeah, I remember that did become a thing. Now... One of the things you can do, there's, there's also, like, um, weapons caches all over the cities. Right. You know, um, and committing a crime, any crime, you get a warrant out on you. So you get, like, the st- what, what they call the star system. Yeah, warrant. the rating. Yeah. yeah. The higher the warrant, the more cops will try and arrest you, which makes sense. But, um, like, if it's just a single star, there's not that many cops that will chase you and they're easy to evade. But once you get up to four stars... Yeah, it's like, it, it gets crazy, and... Uh... In the later ones, they start sending, like, military and FBI and CIA. You know, they start sending people that will just take you out in two seconds if you stop moving. So, so how do you get the cops off your scent? Easy. Yeah, I mean, well, there's, you can, there's a couple of different ways. They give you one, which is the chop shop. Yeah. Where you just basically... Pay 100 points and you get your car sprayed. And, different and, color. and that's kind of a weird one, too, because it sort of defies logic. Because, like, you can literally be a foot away from a cop, pull into a chop shop, and then back out, and they're like, oh, where'd he go? Huh. Huh. Hmm. I think, that, I think that's more for, ba- for balance purposes, though. Well, may- maybe so, but in the new ones, that doesn't work. Good. You can't go into a chop shop when a cop can see you. You've got to get. You've got to ditch gotta, the cops first, and then go to the chop shop. And then now they have, like, a little grace period where the cops can't see you, and there's, like, a little timer you have to wait out. They don't find you in that time, and they stop looking for you. The higher your rating is, the longer you have to wait. And and the, and the logarithms were set similarly in this game for that. Um, one star, 
you know, one out of five cops might be like, mm, okay. Two, okay, like two out of five cops will be like, okay, I'm going to get him. Three, you know, four out of five. And then basically anything above that, every cop will go out of his way to find you. Yeah. And 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 the same thing, same thing in this game. I mean, good luck. It's like, um, it's like a dog pile. I remember playing this one time and I was going over uh, one of the bridges in the um, Liberty City uh, map and this cop, it looked like he just came out of nowhere off the top of one of the bridges and landed on top of my ambulance. <laughs> I mean, I was tr I was trying to distribute medical aid and no, they wanted the um, organs in the back, but still, you know. Uh, hey, um, do you know if, if this game is still like buyable or downloadable? I think think it is um i know for a fact that somewhere online you can download a bunch of dos games um uh, you know uh, a good place I'll, I'll check after we get done recording yeah but one place that the listeners might want to check and that i can recommend for that sort of thing uh for other games i don't know if that one's on there but um archive.org yeah you definitely remember that, uh, recommend that. I found a bunch of like old school Commodore 64, Atari, um, Mega Drive, Genesis, like all that stuff. So if it, it might be on there, but I, I don't know. I just wondered if it was one of those things you could get at like Steam or something. I don't think you can get it on Steam. Um, I don't see why, man. It wouldn't be hard to do. You know what I mean? No, but, I, I think it'd be easy to port. Um, yeah, just I I don't know more more. Also, like, for my personal edification, but also for the listeners, I just wondered if there was, like, a, just a way to get it legitimately without getting a freaking, you know, vicious computer LimeWire-style virus or whatever. <laughs> right. Like, cripple your computer and turn it into Jello or whatever. So. Hey, it was worth giving your uh, computer... The most virus of virus, just to get that rare B side that you never heard of. Yeah, until you realized it was just a Blink One Eighty Two song. <laughs> yeah, just like sped up a little bit, or something. Yeah. Well, we're looking at Steam to see if uh, we got anything on there. It looks like there's. It's on there. Dude, no way. Wow. Okay, so the original Grand Theft Auto is downloadable on Steam. And if you're not familiar with Steam, um, you can go to steam.com, I believe it is, yes. and and download the app if for Windows 10 um, or the program for Windows 7, whichever you're running. But yeah, how, how, did you did it say how much it is? Um, I'm looking. I don't think it's um. Is it purchasable? I don't think so. What? What? Why would they should? Wow, that's a tease. Show it to you, and you can't even play it. Well, never mind. Huh. I'm gonna click add to my wish list. Okay. Yeah. Right. So I think it's I think it is available on Steam, or at least it's got some stuff. Uh, let's see. Oh, you got some good stuff on your um on your wish list there, sir. Yes. I don't need that one anyway. Uh. That's so weird. Well, anyway. Anyway, but it's, it's. I thought it'd be cool, you know, to like play it again. I was watching a bunch of footage and stuff of it. It's definitely cool to to see what came of, you know, when you uh, the current Grand Theft Auto. You yeah. know, when you look back, you know, it's seeing all the stuff that 
that worked that they kept you know it's very interesting and i think that's the mark of a good video game too is the fact that when you do sequels of it you keep those features in there i mean you, you know do, yeah you keep what works and the and and the general premise of the game has never changed no it's it's you commit crimes because you're part of a, a part of the underworld and now but now it's it's more like it's more sophisticated where you can like invest in businesses and own your own property and so yeah. they, they've evolved along with the technology and I think that's what's made them so dominant as a franchise oh yeah I mean certainly Mario and Sonic and some of the other big names have done that but no one was doing giving so much user ability to anyone no than them you and know? I mean it's it's like you said it's open world to a point um because of the technology limitations, there are you know if you mess up a mission, you've messed you've messed it up. You, you know, just got to start over. Yeah, yeah, you've you've screw, you've screwed the pooch, so to speak. But I mean, you know, that, that's that's limited. I mean, remember this game started developing twenty five years ago. You know, twenty five years ago, as we mentioned. I mean, I lo- okay, I love the Tekken series, right? And I love the Street Fighter series. In terms of gameplay, Tekken is the far better game. Tekken two. In terms of graphics, Street Fighter 2 is all over it. Right. Because those early PlayStation games, they were still trying to figure out the kinks of the PlayStation. So yeah. they're all blocky. Very and, polygon-esque. Yeah. Lots of polygons, and yeah. They weren't smooth at all. Now, they they did kind of smooth them out for um, the PlayStation 2, but, I mean, that PlayStation 1. Yeah, it was looking back on it, it is definitely rough. I mean, if, if, if you were a graphics guy, don't play any PlayStation 1 games. But if you like good games, I mean, okay, right now my son is playing um, the Crash Bandicoot Ensign trilogy on his Switch, right? Right. And they read all the graphics and, you know, everything looks like it should for a cartoon type game. But if you look at the original stuff, it's all square and, you know, like you said, polyg- polygony and it just doesn't hold up, you know? Yeah. Um. But yeah, so there's only one playable character in this game, and that's, well, you. You know, there's no, it's a single player game, and you don't get to decide anything about your character. You he's, he's, he's affectionately referred to as Tony, because that's what his name was later on, uh, I think in GTA 2 or 3, yeah. I believe. And the character changed, it went to um, uh, Carl in uh, GTA 3, and then um, I'm trying to remember the name of the, the they went with a Russian guy. The Nico. Nico. Nico in four. And then in five, it's uh well, that's that's a whole different thing because they actually made three different central characters that you can control. Oh nice. So it's pretty cool. And they each have different skill sets, like one's good at flying, one's good at driving, and the other one's good at uh uh weapons. So yeah. They they really took that and just kind of built on it each time, you know, and they tried to keep the storylines original and you know all that sort of stuff but yeah we they, we call him tony that that that's just kind of his working name there you go so it's tony so you you get to play tony and tony is just the generic looking character yeah I mean, he, yeah he's just supposed to be like a regular new york uh crime guppy type guy and because he spent most of your time either in cars or anything like that you know it's it's you know yeah because i mean most of these guys are basically like a couple of pixels it's a head two yeah. arms and the flamethrower you no, know it's not substantial at all and you can tell that the game was designed to be to be played mostly in a car yeah. like it like we said earlier was designed intentionally to be a, a a car game so all of the work all of the um 
detail is in the cars. Yeah. You run a car into something, it crunches up a little bit. You crunch it on this side. And well, you'll, see, you'll see it all. Yeah, it crunched up a little bit on this side. You only hit that corner? Okay, well, just that corner. You know, they it really was true to life on that. And they even got that, too, with, like, if you run people over and stuff, they're, like, splatted out. It's yeah, see them on the pavement bloody. and all on the car. Um, <laughs> right? But, I mean, you know, it's basically put the enemies and NPCs in this game. Um, because it's modeled on New York, uh, Chicago, and Los Angeles. Right. Um, respectively. Respectively. Quote, unquote, yeah. <laughs> it's um, basically, they use the demographics in all three of those cities to kind of populate the cities. So it feels, a, it feels even more authentic that way, you know? Yeah. Um, all NPCs are eligible to be assaulted, robbed, or murdered. So that's, you know, that's, that's, that's the violence inherent in the system. Um, basically put, the, the PDs will hunt you down when you have a warrant. But, again, it depends on how big the warrant is, on how difficult it is to elude capture, you know? Um, and the only the only other characters you meet that have importantness are kind of only met in cutscenes, and they they're not fully animated, but they're definitely fully voiced. Um, if you guys watched my uh, Monkey Island walkthrough, um, it's kind of like that, you know, where the voice will come in and then they'll change their tone of voice, and the not necessarily animated, but the picture will change, you know. So like, if a guy's talking serious for a second, his eyes will be narrow, and then his eyes will wide and stuff like that. Right. So. Is the game a difficult game? Um, I'd say the controls definitely make it challenging. Yeah. But it does have a, um, a uh, difficulty setting, which, for what it's worth, you know, they they don't they don't start it off on normal like most no. games would. But, yeah, I mean, I my biggest thing was the camera, once again. Yeah, the, ca- I, the camera did make it difficult. I, and But you can tell they put a lot of work into it to try to make it so that when you took off quickly in the car that it would pan away yeah so that you could see what was coming but if you went around a tight enough curve and there was a building there boom you're slamming right into something you're crashing every 10 seconds yeah and, and mean, it, the colors are difficult to control i'll give it that um, they kind of are also um i think if i remember rightly because it has been a while since i've played this the um it's inverted y-axis so I you have to turn is. left to go right and i've always hated that about car games yeah, you know? like it's like uh, flying a plane. Yeah. Well, like the at least the um that well is that the y axis where up is down, down is up. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. It's, yeah, it's the, basically basically if I turn left, the car will turn right. So like a forklift. Yeah. Because forklifts work that way because the wheels are in the back. Yeah. So do you think this is this has got like a standard uh, level four level difficulty? In its you know in its hardest point. That's pretty crazy to start off at hard. I mean, if you think they'd put it at like you know normal or the average as they have it listed here, right in the middle. Yeah, I think. Well, no, I think th- um, I think this game only had one difficulty level, and it was set to what I would consider. Because see, this this system right here is my system, right? Because you've got there is five stages oh, of video okay. game. Okay, I misread that. All yeah, right, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, it's uh, like you know, games are either super easy, super hard, or something in between. I don't think it was super hard, but, but out I think of the box, you call it, you would consider it hard. It'd be harder than average. I'd agree with that. I mean, it was... It was so, that's yeah. why I give it a level four on the hard scale. Yeah. Because it, it's not average, but it's it's not super hard either. You know, it's... it's that's what she said? That's, that's right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, um... I thought that lost my train of thought. Again, that's what that's she said. Uh, but, uh, no, but it's... It's it's harder than your average game. Yeah, because... Pound it, for pound. I would absolutely want... I would even put it 
between hard and super hard. And see, the thing is as well, the reason that was is because it wasn't for kids. It was this kind of game appealed to, at the time, the hardcore gamer. Right. So the, the yeah. nerd ballers were all playing their games at level four or five. Right, in terms right. Of difficulty. So if a game came out on its default as a level four, it would be... It would it it would be just challenging enough to get the semi casual gamers in there the, the the guys who are in between hardcore and casual which is I guess like you and I right um and also you know enough to get the the nerd ballers in there who like you know will download mods for games to up the difficulty setting because they find legendary too easy um, right the soundtrack of this game uh was very very specialized. I th- I I love what they did with the soundtrack in this game. Uh, the PC version of the game offered what they called radio stations. Yeah, they're working off the concept of a car once yeah. again. Yeah. So you had seven radio stations to choose from, and the police band. And that, I always left that on that. Yeah, and and I I thought that was I thought that was great because you know, but the one thing that they did do this is the bit that I I loved about it. Okay, the um, say you got in a pickup truck. As you turn the radio on, it would either be 70s rock, country, or hair metal. Right. You pull into a VW hippie van, and it would play 1970s rock and Jimi Hendrix and stuff like that. If you pulled into um, a sports car, it would play... You know what I mean? So it, yeah. it tailored the radio stations to the cars that you jumped in. Like a stereotypical kind of like just... Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, you know, uh, you stole a car, and then you fiddled around for in that tape deck for music and you put something in and it would be what that person would be listening right, to. Right, yeah. And so, they, they kept that going too uh, all the way to the current one. Yeah. That's that's still a thing now. I, th- I, th- I thought, like I said, I thought that was fantastic. I think... That's interact. It's immersive. It's interactive. Yeah. yeah. Because and I think that's one of the that's one of the reasons why it hooked people. I mean, the, look, the gameplay was, was so-so. The concept was out of this world and I think just adding those little touches of detail, like, you know, every time it gets a ding, you see the ding. Right. The music tailored to the vehicles, you know. That's I think, when, yeah, that's when people decided that, realized that they need to start paying more attention to their game development. Yeah, because. And like, making it realistic as they could. And that, and that they could. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why certain films are still talked about, you know, because of the little details and stuff like that. It's the little things that make things authentic and inauthentic, and not just inauthentic, but make you invest more you yeah know, emotionally i mean okay uh back in the day when i was a film student um we were watching the first i think it's 10 minutes of silence of the lambs and it was from the opening from basically after all the you know studio credits and stuff like that from the very very first frame of the movie to him saying hello clarice Right, yeah. So it's it it and it was basically how the color blue was the most important thing in the movie up to that point. Right. Not not the characters, not the story. The color blue. Right. And uh, so for those for those listening, I'll, I'll explain it as best I can briefly. As the movie as as that scene or those scenes progress, you've got um, she's in New York. Uh, I can't remember which city it is. It's New York. It's been so long since I've seen Me, me too. It's, I, I think it's supposed to be modeled after a big city yeah. like Toronto, New York, so, LA, whatever. So she's in the police gear. The police gear is blue. She goes to the police station. The police station, everybody around her. So is there's like blue. symbolism yeah. with the blue foreshadowing. Yeah. Or, yeah. So, so you see blue and you see everybody, you know, all, all the police, all the um, 
all, all of all of the normal society it's supposed to be cool and calming yeah blue yeah. and you feel safe when you see it because everybody who's wearing blue is, is a protector yeah or a, yeah and then as they start talking about buffalo bill on the board it starts getting reds yeah. and browns and the more the more deeper you get into Buffalo Bill, the reds and the browns, and then when she goes to the prison to see Lecter, it's basically red and brown lit. And she goes down the hallway. She turns, and staring at her is the most evil man on the planet in a blue jumpsuit. So it just kind of just, yeah, it just kind of, wow, yeah, that's cool. And and so the, it's that little thing right there, because you already messed up psychologically, because now you thought, well, hang on. You associate the blue with good, and now the bad guy's wearing blue. Yeah. It's like, whoa. The baddest okay. of the bad guy is wearing blue. And so they, they basically just, like, lulled you into being secured to blue and then assigned it to someone that's terrible. Yeah. Wow, that's so, that's a that's that's a mind. Yeah, effort and, and there. I didn't yeah. I didn't catch it, and and when it was explained to me, it was like, oh my god, yeah, that's that's totally correct. That's subtle. So when when video games do stuff like that, I mean, you know, I know we help on about Skyrim and and stuff like that, but I mean, all of the Bethesda games have a rich world. I mean, how much in Skyrim? How, how much stuff in Skyrim and in Fallout do you pick up that's just useless? Yeah, just or just like. Uh, I I pause the game to do something and I unpause it and I was I was kind of looking down near a log and I noticed that and this is the vanilla version mind yeah. you you could see ants walking down the log yeah there's ants in like four places in the game why do you even need that but they did it anyway but it made you feel a little bit more authentic into it, it yeah know? I mean it adds to the experience totally and, so. I, and I think doing that with the music in Grand Theft Auto definitely made you feel like you're in a car yeah it made it made you feel like you were part of the world. And then, uh, and then on the notes here, I didn't even know this. You could also put an audio CD in your PC. Yeah. Um. For 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 the kids who are listening again, the um cup holder that you've got on your PC is actually a CD-ROM, right? Right <laughs> but, next to where the lock used to be. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but no, joking aside. Um. You could put any CD in there, and as long as it was an, a, a genuine audio CD. Oh, uh, yeah, right. Now, now th- that was the difference. It couldn't be like, you know, um, you burn a CD yeah. of all MP3s, and you've got like 200 tracks on there. No, it had to be an actual... Yeah, you're talking about data CD, basically. Data CD, yeah, it, it had, had to be, be an like actual audio, audio CD. Audio CD, yeah. Um, so, like, if you went to the store in 97 and bought... Dookie or... Yeah. You could just pop it in there, and every time you got in a car, it would yeah. come on. Well, see, that's pretty cool. And and I think that was the first of its kind to do that. Because if you tried it on, on uh, a lot of other games at the time, as soon as you take the disc out, the game would crash. And I'm talking about PC version now. Not, yeah, because not... it's trying to read it still, and it can't. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it kind of it, it did feed on a lot of memory at the time, and, you know. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, the, I, I think the soundtrack... The the soundtrack, the subtlety, the the subtle little clips is what made people intrigued to see the next uh, installment. And and it, and it forced other video game companies to take a long hard look at you know the amount of detail they were putting into their yeah. things. You know, it, it it raised the bar for the industry really. And I don't even think it was done intentionally to raise the bar. I think it was done out of necessity it's yeah. for it to work, for it to for it to be have that organic kind of feel that it does for that realistic sort of for as primitive as it looks now upon second you know in hindsight or whatever. You know, but looking at it fresh at the time, and it was something special. It was revolutionary. It was. Yeah. I mean, but the original reviews were mixed at best. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some problems with it as far as, like, the controls. And obviously, the content is still an issue today, even. 
um, you know. And I think that I think that you know we mentioned the the graphics and the controls were difficult to deal with. Right. But again, for the type of game that it, if this game was released in 1994 or 19 sorry let me phrase that 1995 when Race and Chase was supposed to be out, but it was the same Grand Theft Auto. It would be revolutionary for its time. Right. And I think one of its problems was it was caught up in the fact that it was being built for a 1995 market. In 1998. In 1997. Or 97, yeah. 98. So. Yeah, I don't depending th- on where you were, yeah. Yeah, I mean. Okay, I mean, we, I know we bring Skyrim up a lot, and, 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 and <laughs> but, but, um, I bought Skyrim in 2013, and my wife bought Tomb Raider in 2013. And you look at Tomb Raider's graphics and Tomb Raider's uh, interface, yeah. and that's just in two years in modern technology time. So two years in this era, you know, I mean, at that time, Sony had worked out their uh, polygon-shaped atrocities, right? you know? And I think it went from the time of being Super Nintendo at Sega Genesis to be in N64, Sega Saturn, PlayStation, you know. So that that three-year gap, a two-year gap, three-year gap, that, that an age change in the industry. Yeah, a lot happened. And, like, technology was moving so quickly, too, that, you know, computers are getting faster and yep. people are getting better at designing graphics and rendering graphics and stop animation and, you know, you could just do a lot more than you could before, you know. I mean, Toy Story came out like a year or two before this. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. And that was the first fully computer-animated movie. Yeah. And I mean, even even the hand-drawn cartoon stuff now has got a lot of computer editing in there, but The Lion King that came out the year before was all done by hand. Yeah. You know, so that's that's how quickly technology was changing. Yeah, exactly. You know? Um, the game was obviously controversial when it was released because nobody would seen anything like it. You know, uh, the worst game that had come out at that point that got everybody talking was Doom. Yeah, Doom, Wolfenstein, yeah. Uh, Duke Nukem, that whole... Sh- but see, well, once again, those were all... Um, well, see, Doom was a historical game, for the sake of argument. It was set in Nazi Germany. Yeah. Um, Wolfenstein... Uh, no, wait, no, Doom, Doom was... Sorry, it's Wolfenstein I'm thinking of. Wolfenstein was in Germany. Doom was set in... Uh, in, like, a fictional, like, he's in hell. Yeah. Or, like, some kind of... And then Duke Nukem was set, you know, uh, it was in space. Yeah. So, I mean, there's... there's Once again, there's that element of fantasy, the suspension of disbelief. And this this wasn't. This is like, you know, uh, grandma's walking her dog down the road to get the mail, and she gets run over by a car. Grandma That's, got run over by a reindeer. Right. So, I mean, that, that that was definitely very, very controversial. It was considered one of the most violent games of its of all time when it was released. And I have to I have to keep paraphr- saying that when it was released. Okay. Um, I'll give you an example. All right. Have you seen the movie uh, Hot Shots Part 2? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. There's a scene in there where um, it's the big shootout scene where he starts just shooting bad guys, right? No-named right. henchmen. And on the bottom corner of the screen, there's a body count. Right, yeah. And then, like, captions come across the screen, like, you know, uh, more bloody than Rainbow, uh, more bloody than Terminator, and then, like, you know, like, High Score or something like that, and, th- and that was the joke. It was the most bloodiest movie of all time because it had the highest body count. Right. Now, that was obviously a joke and everything like that, but right. in this day and age, this Grand Theft Auto would be, I guess, the f- you know, the Rainbow of its day. You yeah. know, it's, it's, there have been far more bloody, gory you know games out there 
outside of the Grand Theft Auto um, uh, franchise. But because um, it was the first of its kind, you had guys like Max Clifford, who was like the biggest spin artist, spin doctor in the UK. They He actually promoted the game. So, you know, and he, the way he did it was r reverse psychology. You know, this is this is a horrible, horrible game. And if I was you, I wouldn't buy it. Wink. You know, and and so he, he was, you know, that that's what he was famous for. And the ban the game was originally banned in the UK. That's not surprising. And that it got then that it got banned in a few few places, yeah. I think it's still banned in Brazil as we speak. Wouldn't be surprised. I bet it's banned in no, I know it's banned in um North Korea. Well, yeah. For a fact. <laughs> but then again, I think all video games are. Freedom is banned in North Korea. Yeah, basically. Um Even though it only sold a million it wasn't. It was considered a small success, and it was considered a cult hit. Yeah, it definitely was. Because I remember like getting it from a buddy that got it off of a friend that sent it to over ICQ or something like yeah. that. Like we were playing like a ported version of it. It was very, very word of mouth. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was like a good, like a good record from a band you've never heard before. Like, like if someone came up to you, like you know two months before oasis's first album came out was like hey man i gotta i gotta advance this band called oasis you need to check this out yeah that's what it was for us it was like whoa i know? think uh, you know um a lot of uh, there's a lot of misgivings about people who used to who would download mp3s back in the day you know people think that they were downloading entire albums and catalogs of people over 56k you couldn't do that no that'd take it'd take a month to do yeah. that they'd still be downloading right now so what most people were doing was like you know they were get, they were sampling for lack of a better term you know and then if they liked this track they'd buy the album if they didn't like this track you or know. they would just get that song and then they they decide they like it they would purchase it or purchase yeah. their rest of the album yeah. and i mean i mean look 75 percent of people who pirated music in the 90s and early 2000s were the biggest buyers of music yeah I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not gonna lie. I downloaded uh, illegally uh, the Oasis album "Heathen Chemistry," which came out in 2002, because you know I wanted to hear it. And yeah. then when I got the money, I went to my local record store and I picked up the album. Yeah, it's having the physical. I definitely know people our age. We love having the physical. You and know. the physical copy is literally ten feet away from me right now. And you if know? you ever need to rip it to a new device or put it in your car, there it is. So yeah, yeah there's a lot of advantages of that. So you know, it's it's. Yeah, that, that that's you know that's 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 you know, but I mean, word of mouth. That's when word of mouth changed. I think you know when when people started sharing stuff over over, over the internet. Right. But I mean, it did help this game become the cult classic that it was. Because remember, anytime the, the easiest way for any media to earn a ton of money or a ton of notoriety. Is to ban it, right? I mean, yeah. a Clockwork Orange is a violent film. It is. It is. It is. I don't think it's it's made. It's what's the best way to say this? The way it's shot and everything like that. I think it's more designed for filmies. You know, you got foodies, techies. Film, yeah, it's, you know. it's heady. It's just like the new tool, tool single. It's very heady. Yeah, and I don't think it's designed for anybody other than movie lovers. Yeah, for, uh, for it's for critical analysis for. Movie buffs, um, what uh, cinephiles, the type, yeah. yeah. It's it. That's the word I was looking for. It's yeah. art, not necessarily made for entire public consumption. 
I mean, it was, yeah. but it wasn't. You and, know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was banned after two weeks and only re-released in the UK after Stanley Kubrick's death. And that was on Kubrick's uh, orders, right? Right. And it had been built up and built up and built up as this thing. As And then I watched it. And it's a damn good movie. It's a violent movie. But it shouldn't have been banned. <laughs> it, it, well, I don't think it was... Watching it now, watching it in like early 2000s wasn't bannable, you know? Yeah, yeah. No. It's the same thing with uh, Texas Chainsaw. Sure. Because you know, that was banned in the UK as well. Huh. So, um... So, by banning something, it increases the intrigue around it. It just makes it sexier, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why... Grand Theft Auto at least took off in Europe as much as it did. Right. Was because, you know, this is the game that was banned in the UK. Yeah. You know, so... Um, I think, personally, this is... I think the critics got it close to being right. I think this is a 7 out of 10 game. Um, not because... It's definitely a foundation game, as I call it. You know, it, it, it laid the, the foundation for stuff that's still in the franchise today. Yeah. But at the same time, it wasn't necessarily... It had its own issues. I think it was made kind of like a modern movie in the sense that they made it open... They, they left things open for a sequel. This is definitely a beta release of GTA 2, for lack of a better term. Right. You know? And I don't think it's aged well. No. Uh, the open world expanded in future installments but that was technological limitations the controls are a little funky and with the life system and the difficulty level that it is i mean you know you, you end up playing the same parts over and over and over well also too the um a lot of the missions are very redundant yeah they're similar like it's like you'll say hey you know grab this taxi and meet me here and then take me here Basically, it's a game of radiant quests. Yeah, basically. So instead of meeting at this bank, you're meeting at this bank. Instead of being this guy, it's this guy. Yeah. Instead of going here, you go here. So it's it's different, but it's still basically the same. So yeah, there's a little bit of a little bit of that. So out out of ten, what would you give it? I I think seven's good. Um, I would say six, but it's just it was just so damn groundbreaking, you know, in hindsight, and just so you know different. And detailed, and and it did have it did have some issues, but overall, yeah, I think seven out of ten is fair. I think the subtleties is what pushed it over the edge. Yeah, the attention to detail, especially on the vehicles, yeah, um, that's what really caught my attention. And like, um, you know, when you would run into things or hit people, like it was just very realistic. Yeah, unlike say farming simulator these days, where you could smash into a building and your tractor's fine. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> so Grand Theft Auto, it spawned. Uh, three different universes they had the 2d universe the 3d universe and the hd universe um gta gta 2 gta london i've never played that one i'd watched i've watched some clips from it it's, it looks cool yeah it is cool it, it's it's i don't want to sound um xenophobic but um i've noticed a lot of uh, american players playing it for the first few hours they struggled with the fact that they're driving on the correct side of the road in the uk right uh <laughs> In America, you drive on the right-hand side. In Britain, the correct side. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then you had the 3D games, which was uh, Liberty City, GTA 3, uh, Vice City, San Andreas, and the Story series. Yeah, um, uh, Liberty City Stories. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a couple of them. The Rise of... Oh, what was his name? Oh, uh, 
Yeah. Okay. The Rise of Tony or something like oh, that. Oh, The Ballad of Gay Tony. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And then you've got, obviously, the HD series, which is Lost and Damned, The Chinatown Wars, GTA 4, GTA 5, GTA Online. Um, it has now become, in terms of how much it's sold, uh, the biggest game franchise in the history of video games. Yeah, bar none. Like, um, I think... I think the only single franchise that's outsold them is Nintendo. Yeah, and I think Mar, I think Mario, and I think it's not by much either. It's no. by like ten or tw- ten or twelve million units, which doesn't sound, which sounds like a lot, but in video game terms, it's yeah. Not but much. I mean, if you sold one billion copies and then another person sold one billion, twelve million five hundred thousand, yeah, that's that's very close actually. So yeah, but the the, the thing about these games is kind of like the uh, Final Fantasy series, right? In the sense that not only is the franchise huge based on numbers sold, but all the main installments, uh, GTA 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, and the Vice City and San Andreas games especially, they were all like 8 out of 10 or higher. Oh yeah, they were acclaimed. all outstanding. Um, the most critically acclaimed on that list was probably, um, in this order, GTA Vice City... Um, then San Andreas, and then probably GTA 5. Uh, GTA 4 is considered to be kind of the ugly duckling of the series. Um, I, don't, I really don't understand why, because I thought it was a good game. Uh, I liked how they tried to take a, a perspective from someone who was like struggling, that was trying to adjust to America and yeah. learn the, the, the ways and the language. So I don't understand why I got so much crap, but as far as gameplay, obviously GTA 5 is going to be the best. It's the newest, so... Well, uh, GTA 4 is considered one of, like you said, is considered the ugly duckling of the series, but yeah. um, it's still, it's the most mediocre Grand Theft Auto game, but it's still one of the best games in the history of video games. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I mean, that's, that's, no, yeah, that's yeah. The, the, the strength of the bar, series. Bar none, yeah, man. Um, I think I mentioned last week that GTA 5 uh, got a Japanese video game magazine like the second it was rated the second greatest video game in the history of video games and for that magazine wow. it's like you know two thumbs up from Roger Ebert or something like that you know it's yeah. the it's the Im- Japanese impossible. publication yeah. yeah and Japanese video game editors are hard to please I think the first uh, Legend of Zelda yeah I think the, I think the first uh, American game to score higher than a nine was once again our favorite Skyrim yeah it was the first, but then GTA Five like scored a nine and a half or nine and three quarters. It's or a like it's that. it's a very good game. There's very few errors and very few glitches in it. I, I know I've played the game for hundreds and hundreds of hours. Yeah, take notes, Bethesda. Now there's um, there's also been you know because of the type of game that it is, it's it's gotten the wrath of family groups uh, all across uh, the world. Uh, you know the wholesome family and stuff like that. You know, and I can understand that, but there's been lawsuits against the developers of the game okay fair enough i understand that that's you know fair i i i don't agree with it well, you're saying you're gonna put a lawsuit against rambo now i mean yeah i mean i mean right but but I, I i get why if you're gonna sue someone that's where you go out what i don't agree with is the fact that they were suing uh stuff like ups and walmart that's and right. gamestop even even though i mean if if you're suing it because of the content and your kid got a hold of it that's your fault yeah that's not the developer's fault. That's your fault because you're in. You ultimately are in charge of what your kids view and put in their body. Period. Well, see, see, here's the thing, right? Um, I saw a meme the other day. It was, um, how can we stop kids playing violent video games? And um, a human, uh, like uh, somebody put arms, legs, and eyes on the mature label. I said, hey, 
How you doing? No, we need something different. <laughs> and it's like, ah, uh, uh, yeah, you know. I mean, it's it's simple. How do I stop my kids from playing this game? Follow the rules. Right. There are games I won't let my kids play. Exactly. I yeah. wouldn't. I wouldn't play fall. I don't play Fallout in front of my kids. That's, that's why I haven't played it much. That's like sitting my eight-year-old son down, letting him listen to the Chronic by Dr. Dre, and then suing Dr. Dre for teaching him cuss words. <laughs> that's literally the same thing. You know. It's like you know suing the cigarette companies after. Anyway, I can yeah, go on all uh, day about well, that. We can just keep doing that all day, but yeah, so, we, I think we, I think we get it. <laughs> so, but again, Grand Theft Auto. Um, it was a rough start, but a meteoric, catastrophic rise to legendary status that will never be forgotten. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So we will be back here in a few moments, uh, where we're gonna go ahead and talk about one or two more things. And uh, yeah, so that's Grand Theft Auto. I will definitely look up the Steam thing, and I will uh put something on our social media pages after we're out. Okay. Right. Okay, guys, we got a couple more things before we get on. Uh, right before we go ahead and uh, clock out, I just want to remind everybody that uh, this week on our YouTube channel, uh, I begin the walkthrough of Super Mario World. Uh, episodes 1 and 2 will be released this upcoming Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, basically, we tackle Yoshi's Island and the first half of Donut Plains. If you were a fan of Mario and the Mario series, you don't want to miss that, especially you know if you like my brand of boring, boring humor so uh that's what's coming up that uh, that's what's coming up the next week on the network as well as our usual uh you know sample episodes of this episode and then saturday we will be jumping this episode on our youtube channel and then we will be next week with the podcast i'll get to that here in a minute but uh greg man it's been uh, awesome having you on absolutely um you're going to be off for a little while uh but we're going to have you back when we talk about uh an, uh, an rem album new adventures in hi-fi um that's uh, one of my favorite REM albums, and they did a real, really good job. And it, it's the fact that it was unusually recorded is why I want to get uh, y- your perspective on being a fellow engineer. Sure. So, um, I'll have to, yeah, I'll have to listen to that again. It's, it's a damn good album. Even the, the song Leave is seven minutes, and it's got like this weird guitar effect in it, but it's a damn good song. Uh, so, right. um, like we mentioned earlier, guys, if you want to check the description, uh, you can check Reverb Nation for uh, Beta 47. And as we mentioned, the Holodex will be playing Celebrity Lounge on September 27th, 2019. And uh, entry for that is... Um, I'm not sure. I think it's either going to be 5 or 10. Not sure on that one. And also, it is a 21 and up show based on the yes. location that it is in. You know, you don't want to take youngins to a casino. But guys, if you, if you want to go, trust me, it is a damn good show. And you will have fun. And you'll get your nostalgia bone tickled, tickled, tickled pink uh so like i said check out the holodex.com and again i'll put all that links in the description if you're watching the youtube version of the show uh i'll put that across the screen at the end of the podcast so doing the credit sequence and everything like that you'll see see everything there so next week uh i will be f- finally joined uh 
by my old lady. She will be uh, joining me. My uh, wonderful wife is going to be joining me as we talk about Dookie by Green Day. She specifically requested this. so I, Great album. It is a damn good album. It's one of the albums that got me playing the guitar, actually. So And doing my research, in spite of its childish name... It is actually a very, very deep album. It, yeah, it is. Surprisingly. It, you know, it, I, yeah. I, I mean, I've listened to it several, several times, and now I know what some of the songs are about. There's a lot of a lot of themes about, like, growing up and, like, growing apart from people that were a part of your life and, you know, just not just generally being off and just going through all the struggles that, you know, late teens, early 20s go through when trying to find themselves and become an adult and all that yeah it's it's a damn good album and i think at the time billy joe armstrong was having an embryonic uh, alcohol problem which kind of fed into a lot of the stuff that was going on in here yeah um but you know so the, the album produced some of the classics like Longview, uh want to come around basket welcome case paradise. welcome to paradise yeah there was four legit it's uh top 10 singles on that one it has a huge album and, and i'll be honest you know um uh, when I Come Around is my favorite Green Day song. It's it's, it's a dang good song. Everybody it's catchy. Goes with, everybody goes with Basket Case, but for me, it's it's When I Come Around. Um, that was like that was my ringtone for so many for for a long time back home on one of those old Nokia eighty five hundred phones. Yeah, you know. So I mean, and, and you got to understand, I'm a big Oasis fan, um, bigger Oasis fan than than I am a Green Day fan. But it was a Green Day song as my ringtone. That's how that's how much I love that song. Mm-hmm. So guys, if you are on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, look at Because Maybe Network. Go to YouTube. Go go to YouTube. Uh, you can find us on YouTube, I should say, by going to bit.ly slash bmnetwork-youtube. And again, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean. And I hope by the time you listen to this, we will be on Pandora. So that is it. We will see you next time. And I hope everybody does well. Hope everybody has a good week. And we'll see you soon. See ya. Chicago.